Good morning. It's good to see everybody that's here this morning. Uh, glad to have you with us there online, whether you're on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, any of those platforms. Uh, be sure to heart to like to share there. Uh, welcome to those who are listening on our phone live streaming. If you need that number, see me after the service. We'll be glad to give that to you. Or you can call the church office at the number you see on your screen, and we'll be glad to give that to you to share with other individuals. Uh, also, want to encourage you, if you have access to our church website, go to highlandbaptistchurch.com. It's there that you can download the worship bulletins. You can get those at the doors. Our ushers will be glad to give you one of those. We've got our children's worship bulletins there in the windowsill to my right. So be sure to grab those. They're also under that info tab. There's two different ones. One's for ages three and up. One's for ages seven and up. And then our prayer list is there also. So be sure uh, to get that downloaded. You'll hear some prayer requests at the end of our service that you may want to add uh, to that. So welcome to everybody who's here this morning. Looking forward to a wonderful, wonderful service. <clears throat> Thank you for your prayers uh, for me as I traveled earlier this week to go down to Florida for my uncle's funeral. Uh, went down on Monday, came back on Tuesday, and it was a quick trip. Uh, but the Lord blessed there, so thank you so much for your prayers and for helping us uh, with that trip. So, Brother Mike, if you'll come. Good morning, all. Won't you stand with us? And Pat's going to have a different intro to this next song. But stand and let's sing hymn number 15, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Miss Pat. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Yes. Amen. I encourage you to take your bulletins if you have those and to take a look at our missionary uh, of the week. Uh, here is Wes Blakely who is serving the Central Asian people. In fact, uh, sports had been a huge part of Wes's uh, life and his world. And God is using sports uh, ministry uh, in the place that he is serving uh, there to share the gospel. Uh, in particular, in the, uh, they have very few clubs there of, of sports clubs and schools and such. And so uh, God has been opening up opportunities there. Uh, after the last Olympics, uh, even the, the government leaders uh, want, extended an invitation to him and his friends to come uh, and to do some uh, share with them, share with the kids and, and others their expertise in athletics and training, and it's given them influence over thousands uh, of coaches. And so God is opening up many doors there, many opportunities. But we want to be praying uh, for the God to bring the people uh, to Himself in those mighty ways through those Christ-centered sports ministries uh, that Wes Blakely is a part of there. So we want to pray for Him and pray for all of our missionaries and pray for our offerings that are coming up. Heavenly 
Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the blessings that you've given to us. We thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege to be a part of Wes Blakely's ministry through our giving, through our prayers, uh, through even coming alongside him and, and others in many ways. And Father, we just want to ask your special blessings upon him today as our missionary of the week and his family. Lord, just watch over him and protect him, keep him safe where he's at. But Father, I pray that you'll continue to open up opportunities through Christ-centered sports ministries uh, in sharing the gospel, building relationships with people, that you would open up windows of opportunity for him to share the gospel and to disciple those new believers into the faith and to help them grow in their walk. Uh, with you. So we just pray your protection upon him uh, and all of our many other missionaries who are serving around this world, many who are serving in dangerous places that we can't even know what their real names are uh, as we do here with Wes. And so we pray, God, that you would just uh, have your hand upon him in a special way. Uh, just continue to open up those doors of opportunity. And we pray, God, that you will bless us in our tithes and our offerings uh, and in our special offerings that we do for Lottie Moon Christmas offering to our international missionaries and the Annie Armstrong Easter offering that's coming up for our North American missionaries. Uh, Lord, that we might be able to keep those missionaries on the field, uh, continuing to serve without having to come back uh, to, to get that support up to go once again. So we ask your blessings upon us, Lord, that we might be a blessing to them. And Lord, in whatever ways that you might open opportunities for us to walk alongside our missionaries, whether that's throughout our state, or that's across our nation, or even somewhere else around the world. Lord, I pray that you will lead us, that you will guide us, and you'll help us to be your witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. I uh, do want to remind you, if you're at home, especially there, uh, that you can do your online giving uh, there uh, on the church website. Go to highlandbaptistchurch.com. Uh, go to the far right-hand side. You can click the Give Online tab. Easy platform. Anybody can do that, even if you're not at home. Uh, you can do your giving that way. You can set it up as a one-time gift, a recurring gift. We've also got your envelopes that are in the pew in front of you. Uh, the, the international missions offering ones are in the windowsills here if you want to pick one of those up if you've not given yet to uh, our, our offering there. We're still short on our Lottie Moon Christmas goal, so I want to encourage you to help us uh, to go over the top on that, to reach the, that goal to support uh, those missionaries. And, and then also, I uh, want to encourage you down here in front of the pulpit, uh, our Here's Your One cards. I want to encourage you to grab one of those if you've not yet. You can see we keep adding uh, more of the blue cards here to our cross. Uh, all we ask you to do is to put on the back of the blue part here the name of an individual uh, that you know that might need to know Christ, uh, that you want to pray for for the next 30 days. Uh, and then there's a preparated place there that you can pull it off, uh, keep the bookmark for yourself, write their name on it, and then we encourage you to use those 30 days of prayer for those individuals. We're going to be sharing some of these names in the month of March uh, for others to be praying for also. Uh, that we'll be giving out some cards for that. And so it'll just be their first names or first initial if that's all that was there. Uh, and so I want to encourage you with that. Two other quick things. Uh, we do have sign-up sheets on the board out in the hallway here across or right at the offices there. I uh, want to encourage you, if you're interested in helping with our security details, some of our deacons may need a, an individual to walk with them uh, when they're doing their security detail. Uh, there is a sign-up sheet there. It'll show you the names and who may have a vacancy there. Uh, talk to that individual and see if they've not gotten their uh, position filled yet. Uh, and that way we can get you plugged in to help us with that. And then also the disaster relief training uh, sheet is out there now, so you can go ahead and sign up on that. Even if you've told me uh, before, please go ahead and do that, just so I make sure I don't miss anybody who told me uh, verbally. Uh, if you're interested in helping in disaster relief in any way, there's some training that's going to be coming up later that our association's putting together. So I want to encourage you to sign up for that training. Thanks. Brother Mike. You all sounded good on that first song this morning, and uh, join, join us again as we're singing the next one. Uh, it's good to see your smiling faces and praising the Lord in song. We're singing 338, How Firm a Foundation.
Sounded good again. <clears throat> Turn with us now as we prep for this next song. Children's Church will be meeting over on the piano side. Uh, stand with us as we sing hymn 330. And if you didn't know any of the other songs, you ought to know this one. Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. We'll do all five. Isn't it great to see that many kids going out for children's church? That's awesome. Uh, that, ought to bless, that ought to bless your heart today. Uh, let me encourage you to take your Bibles, uh, if you will, and turn to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9, verse 1 through verse 3. We're still in this series that we began a few weeks ago uh, called Impact, Living Out Our Mission. And as a church, from time to time, we need to be reminded of what our mission is to keep us, keep us focused on those things so that we might bring glory and honor to the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that there are other things we shouldn't be doing, but this ought to be the priority thing uh, that takes place first that leads to all the other things that we need to be doing through discipling believers, through missions, and through so many other things. So Romans chapter 9, verse 1 through verse 3. Let's stand as we read God's Word in honor of His Word. I am speaking the truth in Christ. 
I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you will continue to stir our hearts today. Lord, to stir our hearts about the, the impact that we need to be making in the world that we live in, whether that's in our, our workplace, at home, in the school, uh, wherever it might be, Lord, even just in the marketplace, when we go to the stores, when we're uh, talking to our neighbors, that we might be the witness that you've called us to be. Lord, I pray that you would use this message to stir believers' hearts to a more faithful walk with you, and also, Lord, to stir the hearts of those who do not know Christ, Lord, that they this morning would believe in the gospel, they would believe in what Jesus Christ has done for them on the cross. We ask your blessings on this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. You know, if you've been following along with our series that we've been looking at, we talked about not being ashamed of the gospel a few weeks ago uh, and how we uh, need to make sure that, that uh, we are doing everything we can to live in the truth of God's word, letting the Holy Spirit live and work in and through us. We need to not be ashamed of what Christ has done for us, that we want to tell others uh, the good news of the gospel message. That's what we looked at last week was what is the gospel message. And so today, I want us to take the next step uh, to see what we need to do, that we need to believe, and others need to believe. And the question is, do you care enough to share? You know, there's a difference between what you say you believe and believing what you say you believe. In other words, you can say, I believe something, and it's a belief here in the mind, but it never comes out in your actions. It's never demonstrated in your walk before the Lord and towards others. And so we need to make sure that we answer the questions that we're going to see this morning. Do you believe what you say you believe? You say you're a follower of Christ. Do you really believe that? Is it being demonstrated in your life? And so there's a statement that I want to ask you this morning. Do you believe this statement? Here's the statement. You'll see it on the screen. It says, if you really believe in the redeeming and transforming power of God's presence in a per person's life, if you really believe that people, that's your relatives, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, that you believe that people would be far better off forever if they knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then the single greatest gift you can ever give to someone is an explanation of how to be rightly connected to God through Jesus Christ. Do you believe that statement this morning? I would find it hard to believe, in fact, unbelievable to believe, that a true follower of Jesus would deny that statement. But then the question remains, because why is it then, if we believe that statement, that that's the greatest message people need to hear, the gospel of Jesus Christ, why is it then that conservatively speaking, 90 to 95% of Christians never share their faith in Christ with anyone? Some of you do. But the estimates are throughout all of our churches, not just Southern Baptists, but throughout all, all churches, Christian churches, 90 to 95% of believers never share their faith in Christ with anyone. I, I believe for one part, one part of this, it, it, it comes back to motivation. Because regardless of the source of motivation, whether it's love, or whether it's guilt or whether it's fear, when motivation reaches a certain level, we'll do what we're motivated to do and we'll do it even more. Let me tell you about motivation. There's a story about a man who, was, who had been drinking one night. He went on his way back home. He decided to take a shortcut through the graveyard. It, it was raining uh, heavily. It was very dark. He wasn't looking where he was going and he accidentally fell into an open grave. 
He, he tried and he tried to climb out of it, but it was too deep and the dirt was slippery and he couldn't get a, a hold on, on the ground trying to climb out of it, and so he just kept sliding back down. He kept trying and he kept trying, and after trying to get out for a while, he just finally gave up and he decided to spend the night there. Maybe somebody would come by in the day. Well, a little while later, another man came along and he fell into the same grave. And that man jumped and scrambled and did everything he could to think of to get out. And he started yelling, help, help, I've fallen into a grave. Somebody get me out of here. Well, about that time, the man who was drunk stood up and he tapped the man on the shoulder and he said, it's no use, you can't get out of this grave. But he did. <laughs> There's great power in motivation. You'd be scared to death <laughs> to be motivated to do something. I truly believe that there's one thing above anything that the church that loves Jesus and a person who's a true follower of Jesus Christ ought to be motivated to do, and that's to always share the gospel. You may not share it the same way somebody else does. You may not share it with eloquent words, but you're to share the gospel that Jesus came and lived a perfect sinless life, died on the cross for our sins, was buried in the tomb, and arose on the third day so people could have eternal life, forgiveness for their sins. You know, that's what we ought to be motivated to do, to always share the gospel. We need to intentionally share the greatest gift that we could ever have and that we've ever received to give to others. We need to share with them how they can be connected to God through Jesus Christ. When you look back at the early church, the reason that the early church exploded in growth and multiplied across countries and, and even continents was because ordinary people who met Jesus, who were transformed by Jesus, shared with others how they could meet and be transformed by Jesus as well. We need to be a church that prays for lost people. That's why we're doing this emphasis here in these, these Hoosier One cards. We ought to be a church who prays for lost people. We ought to be a church who, who pursues lost people, who practices sharing the gospel with lost people. Here, as we're going to see in, in Romans here, uh, there's this man by the name of Paul who, who may be today uh, the most motivated, the most celebrated sharer of the gospel that the world and the church has ever seen. He had the kind of motivation, and the reason he had uh, such a passion and such a power is found in something he says about himself here in these three verses in Romans chapter 9. He says so, what he says here is so amazing uh, that I'm going to be very frank and tell you that if it weren't in the Bible and he didn't swear to it the way he swore to it, we wouldn't believe it. Paul raises three questions here in these three verses that every church, every believer ought to answer if we're going to be all that Christ has called us to be. We need to look in the mirror and ask these three questions. Here's the first. Am I consistently aware of people without Jesus? Am I aware of people without Jesus? Go back to verse 1, if you will. He says in the first part of verse 1 here, because Paul begins by saying something unusual here. In fact, he never says anything like this anywhere else again in any of the other letters that he wrote. And he says here in the first part of verse 1, I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. Nowhere else does Paul ever feel like he has to defend what he has to say with such a veracity and such a truthfulness about anything else he says. He, he never says this again, I am not lying. He knows that he has, uh, he, he's about to say something that's going to sound to some to be so unbelievable, so hard to believe, that he puts it positively and negatively. He says, I'm telling you the truth, that's positively, I am not lying. That's the negative aspect from, from a negative sentence there, or statement. What he's going to say is how desperately he wants his Jewish brothers and sisters to come 
to faith in Jesus Christ. His burden is for people without Jesus. And so, so to make sure he's believed in, in what he's about to say, he goes on to say this in the remainder of the verse. He says, I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. He says, my conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit. So Paul was saying that when it comes to really having a burden for people without Jesus, he says, my conscience is clear. Let me ask you this morning, is your conscience clear? Have you spoken to the people you should have been speaking to in your life, in your circles of influence, to tell them about Jesus? If not, then your conscience isn't clear. Paul says, my conscience is clear because I've been telling people about Jesus. So he's saying his conscience is clear. The question we all ought to be answering is, if we really said that we have a burning passion for people without Jesus to come to know Jesus, would we really be telling the truth? If you were to say this morning, I have a passion to tell people about Jesus, would it really be the truth? Could we look at the evidence of your life to say, look, here's what happened, here's where he shared here, here's where this person shared there. Would you have a clear conscience? Think about it. Does the way we live, the activities that we're involved in, is the way we conduct ourselves, do those things show unbelievers that we care about them? Do our actions show that God loves them? Because if we're showing that we love them, we're showing them that God loves them. And that ought, to, that ought to cross all barriers in our culture, whether that's ethnicity boundaries or whether that's economic boundaries or social boundaries or whatever the boundaries are. We ought to be showing by our activities that we're involved in, in the way we conduct ourselves, in the way that we live, that we care about others because God cares about them. I mean, think about it. Would people be able to look at us from the outside and know that we have a burden and a passion for people to come to know Jesus? In the Middle East, there are people who are known as nomads who grow up in the deserts. It's amazing how they survive. Uh, the way they survive in the desert is they become expert trackers. They never get lost in the desert. They know how to find people who are lost. Uh, they, these nomads, they can squat down beside a, a set of camel tracks, and, and just like a, a fingerprint is, is unique to individuals, and just like a fingerprint expert, they can identify by the marks that the camel leaves in the sand, the, an individual animal that they haven't seen for years. They can read by a person's footprints, how fast they're traveling, what condition they're in, and whether or not they're in a hurry uh, due to some crime that they may have committed or some law that they may have broken. They have a saying, a man's conscience is reflected in his tracks. The desert and the tracks cannot lie. See, understand this. It's by the tracks of your life that you leave behind in your everyday life, the way you interact with people that shows your passion and your commitment. Does it show that you care to find out whether or not somebody knows Jesus or not? Does your conscience bear witness that you're consistently aware that people are without Christ and that they need Jesus? Notice what Paul goes on to say in verse 2. In verse 2 he says, that, that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. So for Paul, uh, there was a burden on his back there was a grief in his heart that he carried with him everywhere that he went. It was a burden over people without Jesus. We all have concerns. Some of us have financial concerns. Some of us have emotional concerns. Some of us have relational concerns. Others have physical concerns. Lots of people have political concerns. But let's be honest. Do we really have a spiritual concern for people who are going to spend an eternity without Jesus Christ in their heart. 
what ought to break our hearts is whatever breaks the heart of God. And nothing breaks the heart of God like people without God. And so the question is, is very simple for us. When it comes to, to being aware of people without Jesus, when it comes to having lost people on the radar screen of your heart, is your heart consistently aware of people who are without Jesus? Here's the second question. Do I continuously care about people without Jesus? Not am I just aware of them, but do I show do I show my care? Do I consist, continuously care about people without Jesus? So go back to verse 2 once again. And, and verse 2, he said there, he said that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. So understand here, Paul not only had a broken heart for people without Jesus, but his heart stayed broken. The burden never left him. He never took a vacation from caring whether or not people knew Jesus or not. It, it was a continual. So when you look at the verbs there, it's a continual action. It was something that continued on in his heart and in his life. He had a concern. He had a care for people without Christ that stuck with him like superglue. It never left him. You know, it's easy for us to hear the testimony of somebody who's come to Jesus or, or to see somebody be baptized who's, who's recently came to faith in Christ. You know, we get excited about that. We can get fired up about that. But before long, if we're not careful, the fire begins to go out. It's so easy to get caught up in the, in the busyness of life and the things that really don't matter so much so that we tend to forget about the only thing that really does matter, which is a, whether a person has a relationship with Jesus Christ or not. You know, maybe your biggest platform for ministry here this morning is in your home. We ought to be more concerned that our family gets Jesus in their heart. So often, though, we can't see the forest for the trees. So often, we aren't even aware, and we don't really know, do my family members even know Jesus? The gospel of Jesus Christ ought to be a, a, a spiritual song, a spiritual tune, if you will, that we cannot get out of our head, that is always there with us, and we always just want to tell people, about Jesus. We don't have any problems pulling out our wallet or pulling out our phones and showing people our grandkids, do we? We shouldn't have any problem telling people about the greatest thing, Jesus. Our love for Jesus Christ ought to permeate the way we live. It ought to saturate, saturate the words we use. It ought to infiltrate uh, the way we relate to other people. So if our heart is consistently aware of people without Jesus... And if we continuously care about people without Jesus, then we need to ask this third question that Paul brings up. Will I compassionately share with people who are without Jesus? Notice verse 3. Verse 3, he says, For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brother's my kinsman, according to the flesh. That ought to blow your mind, what Paul just said. Think about it. What Paul was about to say here is going to be so hard to believe. What is it that he's saying that's so hard to believe? What was Paul about to assert that even if he weren't the great apostle Paul, that people would shake their heads and go, I don't believe that. What he says here in verse 3 is something I do believe he meant, but it is still, we still find it hard to believe that he said it. This is absolutely one of the most astonishing things Paul has ever said. In fact, more than one scholar, more than one commentator has struggled to try to understand these words in some other way than what they say. Because when you read it, you say to yourself, surely... He either didn't say what he meant or he didn't mean what he said, but he did. He says, go back to verse 1, I am not lying. He's telling the truth. 
The Holy Spirit of God is bearing witness to his conscience that he's telling the truth. And what he was saying was this, I would be willing to be accursed. What's he saying there? He's saying, I would be willing to go to hell and give up my relationship with Jesus if it meant that my Jewish brothers and sisters would go to heaven and accept a relationship with Jesus. How many of us would dare say what Paul has said? Jesus said in John chapter 15 and verse 13, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay his life down for his friends. So to be willing to lay down your eternal salvation, that is love on steroids. No one in the world, more than Paul, wanted the Jews to accept Jesus as their Messiah, as their Savior, as their Lord. Let me tell you what makes us even more amazing. Because just like Paul loved the Jews, and as much as he loved the Jews, the Jews hated him even more. He had been their best friend. Remember who he was before he came to faith in Christ. He, he sought the Christians out. He, had, he was murdering them. He was seeing them killed. In fact, he goes on later to say that I was standing there when they stoned Stephen. I was watching over those garments of those individuals who were stoning Stephen. He was their friend. But now, they think Paul's public enemy number one. Paul would go on from city to city preaching the gospel, establishing churches. And you know what those Jewish people would do? They would follow him everywhere they went relentlessly. They would stir up mobs. They would arrest him. They would drive him out of those cities. Uh, they, they would even send teachers in to, to try and disrupt the work that he had planted. And there was even a group of them that, that, that had, had a contract out for him. There were 40 Jews who bound themselves to an oath and said, we are not going to eat a bite of food at all until Paul is dead. He had a contract out on his life. He had wanted dead, forget alive. He was considered what we might think of as a Benedict Arnold. He was the greatest traitor to Judaism who ever lived. They despised him more than they despised the pagan Gentiles. He was the arch enemy of the nation of Israel. They were the final cause of him being beheaded. And yet Paul says in verse 3, I am willing to forfeit my own salvation if it could save those Jews, brothers or sisters, from God's condemnation. Paul knew what he was asking was impossible. He also knew that his going to hell, him being accursed, would have done them no good. But what Paul was saying was, I am so consistently aware of people without Jesus. And I so consistent, continuously care about people without Jesus that I will do anything compassionately to share with people who need to know Jesus. Paul was saying, I'd be willing to go to hell if it could mean they went to heaven. I'd pay any price if they could live with Jesus forever and eternity. Let me ask you this morning, of all the people that you can think of this morning, maybe some of these that you've already written a name on a card over here. Of all those people you can think of in your circles of influence who need to know Jesus, what price would you be willing to pay if you knew it meant that your family and your friends would go to heaven. Would you pay the price of your job, your money, your time, your life? You, you may not have come to the place where Paul was to say that, but how much are you willing to pay? $100, $200, $500, five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour? You see, uh, I, I, we ought to want that kind of passion. We ought to want that kind of heart that Paul has here. Paul could say it 
because he was so full of Jesus that is exactly what Jesus did himself. Jesus took our hell so that we could go to heaven. Jesus took your condemnation so you could receive his salvation. Jesus went to where he didn't want us to go so that we could because so that we would never have to go there. Uh, unfortunately, there are too many times uh, that that all of us seemingly have the attitude I can care less about those people. I can care less about people without Christ. Paul said, I couldn't care more about people without Christ. I believe there's a world full of people who probably don't care more about what we believe because we don't care more about it to share it with them. So let me ask it this way. If I worked with you at your job, if I went to school with you young people, if I was in your class at school, or if I was at your workplace, I'd known you in school or I'd known you at the workplace there for 10 years and you never once told me about Jesus. You never bring Jesus up. Uh, if, I, if, I was sharing, if I was there with you and, and I knew you for those 10 years, if, if I never told you about Jesus, if I never brought Jesus up, if I never brought the subject up with you, would you really take me seriously if I told you the most important thing in my life is Jesus? If in 10 years, knowing you at school, knowing you at your workplace, I never once broached the subject, would you believe me when I say the most important thing in my life is Jesus? Would you really take me seriously? If I said there's nothing greater than knowing Jesus, would you take me seriously? If I said I care for your soul, I, if I care uh, for your soul, I care where you spend eternity with God in heaven or not, I really do care. Would you believe me if I never shared it with you in those 10 years that I worked by you or went to school with you? I'd say most of us would have a hard time believing that. Understand this, that you have an opportunity to make a difference, to show that you really do care. You can do it by writing a card to somebody. You can do it by making a phone call. You can use social media. There's all kinds of, of means and resources that we have here through the church that you could use to share the gospel with somebody, to invite them uh, to church. We're getting closer to Easter. Easter's early this year at the end of March. Uh, you got a wonderful opportunity coming up there in, in just less than two months here uh, to, to invite people to come to church to hear the gospel. I don't even know what Easter's going to look like yet this year, uh, but, I, but I know that what the message will be is the greatest message that's ever been given to the world. Many of us, you maybe heard of the, the famous magicians. I think they uh, have their place out in Las Vegas now, uh, Penn and Teller. You've heard of the famous magician Penn Gillette. Uh, he's an atheist who frequently speaks against belief in God in general. He speaks, even has put videos out against Christianity in particular. But on his blog several years ago, he shared the story of an audience member who came up at one of his shows to him after the show. He came one time to watch him after the show. He, he came up to him and he gave him a Bible as a gift. And the man freely admitted that he was praying for Penn Gillette and hoping that he would come to faith in Christ Jesus. Gillette was so touched, he was so moved and so respectful of this man caring enough to do this that he posted a video online. You can research it on YouTube and you can see the video, Penn Gillette, atheist. Here's what he said. I'll put the quote up on the screen for you to see. He said, if you believe there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life, and you think it's not really worth telling them this because it would, be, it would make it socially awkward, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? That is from an atheist. How much... Do you have to hate people to not tell them about Jesus?
if you don't love people enough to share with them about Jesus? How much do you have to hate them to not tell them about the greatest gift that you've ever been given? When God sent Jesus to die for our sins, do you know what the message God was saying to us? He was saying, I couldn't care more for you when I sent my only begotten son. Jesus came and died for our sins, and he was saying, by dying for our sins, I couldn't care any more for you than this demonstration of my love. When we share with others, we're saying, I couldn't care more about you because I'm sharing with you the greatest thing I could ever share. We who have received this incredible gift of God's grace, of God's salvation, we couldn't be able to care more than to share with those who are lost. How can we not care more for others, knowing what God has done for us? So, if our heart is consistently aware of people without Jesus, and if we continuously care about people without Jesus, then we need to ask, will I compassionately share with people who are without Jesus? Will you do that? We're just asking a simple step to start by, by filling out these cards to commit to just pray for somebody. And praying that, and I'm praying that as you do that, God will stir your heart to do more than just pray for them, but to share the gospel with them. And if they do come to faith in Christ, that you walk alongside of them and teach them things you've known. As the Word of God says, as we're to disciple them, we're to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Because he's with you to the end of the age. Have you shared with your friends the good news of the gospel? If you haven't, this is a great place to start. Start praying for your lost friends. Let's start prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we have some friends who may be here this morning. They may be even watching online who don't know Jesus as our Lord and their Savior. Lord, we understand what we're talking about here is not that we are to save individuals. We can't do that even if we tried. Even if Paul had been accursed, that couldn't have made his friends be saved. But he said, I'm willing to do that if that could even possibly ever be done. Father, I pray this morning that we would have that kind of passion and compassion in our hearts and our lives. As we uplift our friends who are here this morning or who are watching online who don't know Christ, Lord, that you would stir in their hearts because salvation is a work of the Holy Spirit. Our responsibility is to pray for them. Our responsibility is to share with them. Our responsibility is once they come to faith in Christ to walk alongside them and disciple them. Teach them how to live that faith out in their walk. How to show others the care and the love of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I fear, I fear we've missed that so often in our churches. That we're not demonstrating the love of Jesus to the community around us or to the nation around us or even to the world around us. We say we love you. We say we love them. Lord, I pray that you would bring conviction upon our hearts for where we have not shown that. And Lord, that we would come in repentance this morning to say, forgive me, Lord. I want to be aware of more lost people around me. I want to know even if who, who in my family knows Jesus or doesn't, that I could be praying for them. Father, I pray that you would stir a passion in our hearts like never before. And Father, that we would be reminded every time to go back to this passage, to see the passion of Paul. Lord, that we would be rekindling that fire within our own hearts to want to share with others. Lord, we just pray for those friends of ours right now and ask that your Holy Spirit would bring them to that place to say, I believe what I've heard this morning. God loves me. He loves me so much he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to down a cross for my sins. I believe Jesus died, was buried in the tomb, and arose on the third day. Jesus, come into my life and save me from my sins. And help me to live for you all the days of my life. 
Father, if there's someone who's prayed something like that in their hearts this morning, committing their heart and their life to you, Lord, I pray they would come to publicly profess that faith in Jesus Christ, to follow through in the waters of baptism, Lord, to bring glory and honor to your name. Father, I pray for your will to be done in their lives too. Father, stir a passion within our church to make sure that in every area of our life, we're not just speaking it with our words, but we're demonstrating it through our actions. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I pray that you've been stirred in your hearts to make an impact for the kingdom of Christ like never before. We want to encourage you this morning to come in this invitation, whether it's maybe for church membership, maybe it's just simply to come pray at this altar, or maybe simply to come this morning because you've professed your faith in Christ and want to follow through with believer's baptism. Would you stand with me? Would you sing our invitation? Wherever he leads, I'll go. Number 285, Brother Mike. Patricia, if y'all go ahead and come. Do y'all need to be introduced to this couple? <laughs> They've been here with us ever since I've been uh, your pastor here uh, for seven and a half years now. And uh, this is Ed and Patricia Cagle. Uh, Ed has not joined our church before Miss Patricia has a long time ago, before I actually came, I believe. And so Ed wants to come and to move his membership this morning and to join our fellowship. If you're excited for his decision this morning, would you just say amen? 
Amen. We're so excited for his decision too. You uplift them both in prayer that God will use them and that we'll be a blessing as a church to them as they have to us. And y'all can have a seat right there. As soon as we finish uh, with the announcements, they'll be back up here and you can come around and give, them, give Ed here uh, the right hand of fellowship and welcome him uh, to becoming a member of our church. So, Brother Steve, if you're ready. Okay. <laughs> Amen, right? Uh, Matt, do you want to come up and give your announcements first? You'll see in your bulletin here that we have a VBS meeting today at 3 o'clock. And so those of you who are interested in helping with VBS this year, it's a great way to share Jesus with people who, who don't know him. And if you are wanting to... Uh, return or do something new this year maybe you want to do the same class you did last year um, you know, or maybe you want to try something new like this is the meeting for you to be at um, we will meet at three we'll have some uh, snacks and stuff for you as well as uh, kind of talk about what uh, our VBS kickoff looks like you know the, the the ministry we're going to support this year for our offering talk about some of those things and just help answer some general questions that you may have as well so please be here at three o'clock uh, for that meeting. Also, uh, youth parents, uh, YEC is coming up at the end of March, and it is $15 a student, and so please uh, send me a text or let me know if your child is going. That way I can make sure I reserve enough spots uh, for uh, that event. And don't forget, uh, Centricid parents, uh, deposits are due the 15th of $75. Please uh, get that in to Amy or you can also make that deposit online on the church website and designate it towards uh, children's camp. All right, thank you. Thank you, Matt. All right, a uh, few prayer concerns that we have. Uh, uh, Marlon Bates will be having surgery this coming week. I believe it's hip replacement, so we want to continue to remember him. Uh, Myra Watson continues to battle her cancer, so let's please be in prayer for her and for, uh, for comfort uh, as hospice is with her. And Jack Doubt will be having surgery this uh, Thursday in Winchester for his heart. And if I understand, if they're not able to do the correction they need to do there, he'll probably have to go to Nashville to have the procedures done. So let's remember Jack this week. Is there other prayer concerns? One other couple announcements I uh, wanted to give you was we'll have deacons meeting today at 4 o'clock. Let's plan on meeting in the conference room. Um, prime timers is this Tuesday. And I think everything else is in the bulletin that's pretty well covered. So unless there's any other announcements, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, it's just such a blessing to be in your house this morning. Father, we just... Thank you for the love and the care that you do for us each and every day. Father, we just ask you to be with those uh, uh, concerns that we've shared with you this morning, the surgeries and, and uh, the upcoming procedures that many are having. Uh, we also want to continue to remember those, Father, who have lost loved ones in the past weeks and just, just continue to be with each of those families and comfort them. Lord, we're just so thankful and blessed for the the programs we have at Highland and the work that is being done here and the commitment from each and every person. So thankful for, for Pastor Jim and Brother Matt and the work that they do and Mike and his leadership in the music. We just are truly blessed, Father. Thankful for each and every person here, Lord. We just ask that you go and that in our actions that Christ, that others will see Christ through the things that we do. As we go now, Father, just forgive us as we fail thee. These things we ask in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.